Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to The Delicious Podcast with me, Julie Smith and our series featuring a whole shelf of the new cookbooks out this autumn. The series is sponsored by my favourite online bookshop, hive.co.uk, which supports the high street, giving commission to your local bookseller every time you check out. Hive is all about giving the independents a little help in the competitive world of online retail and getting you back on the high street. You can get your book by post, but Hive gives you the option to pop into your bookshop to pick it up, browse a little and chat to real people for a change. Check out Hive's Facebook page and Twitter at Hive Stores to keep up with offers, news and reviews. And I'll give you the code at the end of the podcast to get your 10% discount. This week, I'm with food writer and YouTube star Donal Skian, whose new book, Superfood in Minutes, is all about simple and delicious ideas for a more plant-based diet. I asked him why he feels he's nailed tofu and chosen what he calls veg forward cooking. I think it's something I've always quite naturally done, you know, and I think I suppose now is it's quite timely of, you know, people are really taking an interest in, in the sort of ingredients they're using in the recipe. So it's always some, been something that I've, I've been mindful of in the recipes that I create. But I do think that this book is really honing in on that and putting a focus on it. So yeah. it's been a really fun book to do because it kind of challenges you to use veg in a different way, you know, and, and I think there is that sort of turning point now where we are looking to kind of including a lot more veg in our diets and less meat and if we do include meat a more high quality meat that we're going to use so and that's the whole point isn't it it's hashtag less but better yes yes. so it's high welfare meat wherever you can get it really good quality fish trying to get back to the high street and getting all the good stuff but actually on a weekday you know, go plant-based. Absolutely. It's absolutely. so And like, easy. we talked about, I mean, one of the recipes in the book, the chickpea pasta with cauliflower bolognese, like, there's things, I, I am a, I'm a food lover, as I'm sure, as are you, yes. and I think, there's been a kind of a trend towards healthy eating which kind of takes away flavour being at the core of it and for me you know when I develop recipes I want to make recipes and, and create recipes in a book that are somewhat selfish because I want to cook them myself you know I want to cook them myself and they're they're part of our day-to-day routine at home you know with uh, with a one and a half year old so we we do, do want recipes that that really are purposeful. So tell me about that you're at home you're living in America now and we'll yes. talk a lot more about that because I think that's fascinating mm. one and a half year old Noah at home, yes. Sophie and Bumpy. I like the way that you call, call him Bumpy. I know. Do you know he's boy or girl yet? Uh, we do, but I have to keep it top secret. Oh, how exciting! How exciting! Yes, yes. But you do say, like so many families, it's really hard yeah. to actually get everybody's needs met without lots and lots of stress. And uh, having a very young family, we all know, yes. can be very. Can you see how? Can you see the bags under the eyes? <laughs> <laughs> that's not just the jet lag. <laughs> but in terms of creating taste, mm-hmm. now that's always the 
the thing in the past that has taken time. Yes. So let's use this example of this chickpea pasta with cauliflower mm-hmm. bolognese because bolognese speaks taste and smell to me. Yeah. How have you done that with uh, a very vegan thing with, with there's well, no meat at all? I think you look at cauliflower as a as an ingredient and it has that moment where it's been quite timely and you know people are using it in so many different ways now that they never did before and I think the moments of like things like cauliflower pizza kind of people have made them and realized actually they're not up to much. <laughs> I had one in not one cookbook and I, I would use it again but you know you kind of need things like goat's cheese to really give it kind of substance and and for it to cook out but um but my go-to with cauliflower and i think there's steps like that and stages like that where you know we'd be blitzing cauliflower through a food processor and then having to squeeze out the liquid like that's too fussy for me you know when we have uh, when when i'm coming home in from work and i have to come in and cook the dinner i'm not wanting to do that but i would say like but the beauty of this is something that i've discovered in the process of creating this recipe is that box grater cauliflower and you have cauliflower rice in seconds so it's a fantastic one so in terms of like the meatiness and the flavor profile of it um you look at bolognese and it's this rich meaty sort of flavor that has had kind of slow stewing and that moment to kind of intensify in terms of the flavor but i've kind of cheated a little bit and looked to something like mushrooms where you're looking to chestnut mushrooms getting that really sort of nutty fragrancy uh, that nutty sort of meaty uh, flavor and you know use that as the base flavor and my one trick and throughout the book which i'm obsessed with at the moment is mushrooms because you if you pan fry them and i think everyone goes in throws mushrooms in the pan and then flicks them around doesn't give it the chance to kind of brown off and really Mm. kind of evoke those nutty flavors that is so gorgeous that comes with mushrooms but when you combine that with the cauliflower with the mushrooms that have been browned then you add some rosemary and rosemary is the key ingredient here like it's there's, there's herbs like that that are powerhouses of flavour. So when you base that down and you add a little bit of chilli flakes, a little bit of garlic, and you actually get something that, of course, it's not your traditional bolognese, but it's something that is something quite interesting and intriguing in terms of flavour and something that's, for me, quite exciting because I know that, you know, it's good for you and it's all the good ingredients. Not that bolognese isn't, but I think, you know, when we're looking towards more veg-heavy recipes, something like this is a simple way of evoking lots of that comfort food that you would get from or those comfort food elements that you would get from a bolognese and combining it with something like a chickpea pasta or even regular pasta you'll yeah. still have a great meal at the end of it. it it's really interesting because we're looking for you call them hacks yes. you know it's like <laughs> it's tips isn't yes. it those yeah. sort of things i remember irini georgiglu who's this year's master chef um, champion she said we were talking about how you'd cook uh, something traditional like a Christmas meal or something yeah. for vegans, and she said chestnut mushrooms, yeah. and it's those little tips. Once you've you've tried that, yeah. actually, you're absolutely right, and you can slow cook them. And yeah. That's where the flavour well, comes this is, from. I only learned this recently. I was filming with um, America's Test Kitchen, who are, as I don't know if you've heard of them, but one of their things is to kind of really test ingredients to their limits, test equipment to their limits, and and um, we were filming with one of their their test editors, uh, Dan. Souza and he was telling he was kind of showcasing the differences between mushrooms because they come from a different kingdom in terms of the ingredients and he was showcasing it in the sense that you would steam a piece of meat a uh, you know a, a piece of squash and a mushroom at the same time you can do it for like 45 minutes and of course with the meat it turns into this god awful grey substance that's not edible at all the squash goes to nothing but the mushroom after 45 minutes still holds its shape mm. and and is actually quite tasty which I was amazed at it's something I've never done before but you know 
know, as an ingredient, there are throughout the book, there are those sorts of ingredients that, you know, you look at differently. And can you treat it in a different way to evoke a different um, end result? And it, I, I feel like I've gone on about mushrooms quite a bit now. But, but it is that element of like being able to kind of put it in the pan and going, OK, how can we look at this in a very different way? And that idea of kind of letting them really brown and crisp at the bottom of the pan just brings another profile to the flavor of a dish that you might not have kind of got before. So yeah. I think without with with all the recipes in the book, like, yes, it's 30 minutes down, you know, in the kitchen. Yes, it's 10 ingredients or less. But I don't want that just to be the novelty of the book. You well, know? yes. I mean, you, the last book was about super quick recipes, mm-hmm. wasn't it? And meals in minutes. Yes. And this is superfood in, in minutes. And mm-hmm. it is about health and it is about health of the planet yes. and that's why we're kind of really concentrating here for a moment on on the vegan stuff and the vegetarian mm. stuff but particularly vegan because i think that a lot of people are really interested in it but just don't know how to do it yeah. so the easy red lentil don now that's been sitting in my fridge for the last two days right it is sensational. <laughs> it's still going it's, it's, and it's they do as well and yeah. better yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, how authentic is putting co- coconut milk with it? <laughs> I, do, I mean, the thing about my recipes are I, I have the ability and because, you know, it's not this is not an Indian, re- you know, recipe book that we have the opportunity to cheat ever so slightly. And I think in a day and age where, you know, people like someone like Jamie Oliver is getting raked over the coals for making jerk rice and things I like that. Know. There has to be some movement and, and ability to kind of use coconut milk in a, in a yeah. dal, you know. But I think there, for me, again, it comes back to flavour and it comes back to what I I have in the house and like this is where authenticity kind of has to make way a little bit for the convenience of the home cook and the, and the kitchen that has only that amount of ingredients or whatever the case may be so I think in that sense you know I have no shame in the fact that I might add something that might be slightly inauthentic in the fact that I can get dinner to the table and everyone will eat and be, be quite happy and not only that but you'll have something that tastes fantastic too so as much as it might be inauthentic you know it still has that substance to it and, and you know, something like a red lentil dal like you said it's still sitting in the fridge about two to three days yeah. later still it actually better. gets better improves mm. with flavor things like that are the ones that i get most excited about because i have to confess that like i would say the majority of our meals beyond the ones that we would cook fresh are like leftover Me- a meze of leftovers okay. is what I, is what happens in our house you know because you have you know and if you put that baseline effort my go-to thing in the morning now because um my son is hungry from the like this morning i checked on the cat we have this camera and I'm in London and I knew he was awake because it notified me on my phone. And I looked on the camera and he was stood up looking in the camera going, uh, 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 <laughs> pointing at his tongue, saying, I'm hungry. So I was like, oh, God. And that's the, so that's the pressure I live with on a daily basis. So the minute he wakes up, he needs food. So my trick now is I get him into the kitchen with me and I'll put the porridge on, but I'll also chop an onion and I'll also like p- put on rice in a pot or anything that you can kind of get ahead with, you know, in terms of making life a little bit easier along the lines. And like a dal is a perfect example yeah. of that. All the ingredients go in one pot. You let it cook out. You let the red lentils kind of dissolve into this ooze beautiful plumping um, spicy mix and I think that's the sort of recipe that home cooks should reach for when when they are in need of something quick cooking and something that will last in the fridge. So um, as inauthentic as my dal might be, <laughs> I can promise you, you'll get dinner to the table in a short amount of time with, with really powerful flavour. So, well, know. there's a lot of things there, aren't there? I mean, first of all, I'm totally with you on that authenticity issue. I mean, you know, the joy of British and Irish food yeah. is that we have a, you know, a food culture which we've kind of made up. <laughs> you know, it comes from all over the place yeah. and recipes are supposed to travel. So that's my take I I would completely agree. Yes. But I love that picture that you paint of little Noah, you know, probably on his little chair. Yes. Up, up at That's the a recent top. purchase, yeah. <laughs> 
because <laughs> him sitting on the on the uh, surface top means that he sticks his hands into the malt and salt and to the into the black pepper and I'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about porridge is that it also is much better for a slow simmer isn't absolutely, it so absolutely. while you're doing that 10 to 15 20 minute porridge yeah. You can get a dal on. Absolutely. Because it takes, what, a couple of minutes? Yes, yeah, you yeah. Know, chop up a, a, an onion and... This is what, it. You know. My friend, um, she's a, she's uh, the editor of uh, one of Martha Stewart's magazines and she uh, she has a hashtag called Sarah Before Seven and I love that because it's that idea of like, what can you do in that hour or that like 30 minutes or 20 minutes you have in the kitchen, you know, before the day kicks off that you can just whack into the oven or, you know, roast off a load of veggies or things like that that just make life a little bit easier down the I line. imagine that a lot of non Morning people will be going. <laughs> I'm sure they're going with this guy. Oh yeah, they've switched off at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but you are saying in the book quite clearly. You know, you have a lot of energy in the morning, yes. and you're doing all that cooking anyway. So that's the time to do it. Yeah. But it's not a full meal. Like, you don't have to focus on a full meal. It's the idea of getting the bones of a recipe that will save you time in the long yeah. run. That's what I, I would really focus yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Take me through some other key ingredients tofu we last night did that <laughs> wonderful one again with the cauliflower yes um where you you fry a firm tofu mm-hmm. off in uh corn flour yeah um and then teriyaki yes see i i have a love-hate relationship with tofu specifically because i didn't really know how to cook it before uh, about a year and a half ago <laughs> and i always kind of looked at it as one of those ingredients that you throw in to replace for any vegetarian meal and it was a nice kind of quick fix which i've done um probably not to great success but about a year and a half ago I kind of spent a bit of time going okay we need to nail tofu because I feel like it's one of those ingredients it's so so accessible now like where it used to be I mean 10 or 15 years ago it was kind of hard to track down and it wouldn't be stocked in supermarkets but now it's there and something like a, a firm tofu it has it can give you the most beautiful results and learning to kind of like squeeze the liquid out of it making sure that it's as dry as possible yeah. will give you that kind of crispy result so like it is like it's uh, is it the general so's uh, ter- uh, tofu stir fry like that I actually um, my good pal Chip he wine. She um, she introduced me to that recipe, and I love the idea of taking something that's so classically made with chicken and actually producing something that tastes really. You, I suppose you wouldn't even notice no, that you it's wouldn't. not. There. That's the point, isn't it? Yeah. And I might just say that Ching is also in this series. Is she, oh, yes, hello, she Ching. Is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's those kind of things that actually cost virtually nothing mm-hmm. as well they're good for the planet Absolutely. it's good for your your, your health yeah. as well isn't it just to kind of leave the, the meat out this of it. is it and i think you know i look at superfood and i think you know anyone who picks up the book will see superfoods on the first thing and i would say for me it's not necessarily superfoods in the sense of chia seeds and quinoa and you yeah, know coconut oil and things no. like that's not what it's about for me superfoods is, is bumping up as much veggie content as possible so yeah. there's cream there's butter there's things that like as food lovers we use yeah. you know and i think we have great respect for those ingredients despite you know some of the unhealthy aspects of them I think if you combine that with ingredients like uh, you know like there's a there's a kale cacio pepe in there and you know I've just added kale to the recipe but it's still looking towards that classic cacio pepe recipe which is just so simplistic but so flavorful like I think it's five ingredients or less and the idea of just adding kale to it is you know kale has that one I mean any brassica has that sort of wonderful kind of meaty smoky sort of flavor that you know you can eke out in the cooking process and I think for me those are the sorts of recipes that I get excited about because it's not you know you're not having to kind of replace you know you're not have, like we're standing in this beautiful kitchen with all these fantastic spices and pieces of equipment so you're not having to reinvent how yeah. you use your kitchen for me it's more focus on trying to include the good stuff as much as possible yeah. and I mean one thing in the book 
book, like we've tried to include, you know, this Dal, for example, has the three portions of edge. And I like the idea that, you know, you're ticking that box for the day. So for me, it's all it's always been about balance. And I think any food lover, you know, tries to strive for that because who doesn't love a bit yeah. of butter and cream and well, exactly. <laughs> all the good stuff? You exactly. Know? How's Noah with his veg? He's great. Oh, like, I feel like I'm going to get slapped by mothers and fathers <laughs> who get annoyed at their, their children for not eating. But he's absolutely fantastic. I long may it last because I'm sure it's going to change at some point. But he, I mean, yes, the day before I left, we, we make some smoothies and porridge are our tend to be like our go-to. Smoothies, porridges and um, pancakes we do in the mornings. And um, he, he will literally, from a, a bag of spinach, he will put his whole hand in and take a fist of spinach, baby spinach leaves and eat them. Which I think is, I, I would you do that? Yeah. I don't think I would either you know so he does this and um I to be honest I do believe that it's including him in the kitchen from that age has been really intriguing um moreover to keep his hands busy because I think that's one thing that you know any any parent knows in the kitchen if they're not at your level that they're not seeing what's happening they're just gonna be pulling out your leg being miserable yeah so my trick has been to put him up on the stool beside me and I'll give him little jobs like putting pasta into a bowl or you know things that he'll he'll occupy himself with while I actually I'm able to crack on with things so in that process I will always hand him what I'm chopping so like he eats raw onion he'll have he'll have the end of the carrot that's going in the bin you know and I love that idea that he's kind of just touching and feeling things we did a lot of baby led weaning when uh, he was coming onto solids and it's it's been a really int- as a cook you know and as a food lover you, you kind of see it be see it through new eyes and I've really enjoyed that process and it's actually dictated quite a lot of the recipes in the book because you kind of you look to the things that we can all sit down for dinner I'm, I have no time for making baby foods and you know little things like that I mean fine my wife is quite good on um, you know like little kind of date bars and things like that but when I'm cooking dinner I want everyone to kind of sit down and yeah. eat it so that I think one family one meal that's the totally. <laughs> that's the idea give us an example of one of those meals that, that, that has been actually inspired by your family <sighs> sitting down together well there's an all the greens one pot pasta um one of my infamous um youtube videos <laughs> on my youtube channel is uh, martha stewart's one pan pasta and um specifically because and speaking of inauthenticity <laughs> <laughs> the Italians have gone wild. I mean, I have. I've been called everything under the sun by the Ita- by Italians who are completely put out by this idea of this one pot cooking yeah. method for um, pasta. But it works a treat, and anyone who who doubts it, try it once, and you will be a convert. It's so simple to do. But I've given it a kind of uh, a revisit with lots of greens and a little bit of cream, and it, it's a lovely kind of way of bumping up the greens into your into a pasta dish that's very simple to start with. Um, Noah ploughed through. That only recently and um, we were doing as to promote the book we've been doing quite a lot of these live cooking demos and so Noah sits kind of watching in the background as this is going on and um, of course as soon as the food arrives ploughs through it so that's that's a really good example and I think you know like it's looking to the the foods that we're excited about eating you know and I I do think if you're involved in that stage of it like even when I'd have him sitting on the counter or sitting by the counter with me when he's tasted things when he's tried things when it actually comes down to the dinner table I do find that he's more intrigued by what we've made rather than kind of just out of the blue food arriving in front of him so I've been quite excited about that process and like I said long may it last because I have this terrible fear he's going to turn to and go no I'm done (laughs) (laughs) but why 
why would he? Because, you know, possibly the real answer to how to get people to eat is to delight them, is to get it to be such fun and to make, to be so passionate about it. That's where the fun is. That's where the life is. And he sees that with you. I hope so. Big smile on your face. (laughs) I tried. No, it's yeah. good. It's good. And even like he's obsessed with trying, uh, t- you know, the, the textures of things. Mm-hmm. So like he loves putting his hands in like the bowl of rice or pasta and frozen peas. He will eat frozen peas from the bag, which is, which I find hilarious, <laughs> you know, it's like, and treats them as like a snack. So he, his go-to thing actually is, is to whine at me till he, till I open the freezer drawer so he can stick his hand into something. So, but anyway, I, I hope it bodes well for his, his eating habits in later life. I'm sure it will. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. After the short break, we'll hear Donald's meal planning philosophy, including a fail-safe guide to batch cooking, shopping lists and unpacking for the couch slouch. You're a very practical person. We, <laughs> last time we talked, we talked a lot about your Tupperware fixation. Oh, I love Tupperware, um, yes. I know you do. Um, now, at the beginning of the book, you lay out the meal planning mindset. Mm-hmm. It is the philosophy of Donald Skeen. It is the philosophy of Donald Skeen. It's a tweaked philosophy of Donald Skeen. Because when Donald Skeen... Uh, stop talking about myself in third person. You started that. Um, <laughs> I would say when I first started meal planning and uh, meal prepping and things like that, I was a bit obsessive about it. And I think I have that personality. I have a bit of perfectionism in, in me that I kind of have to, you know, quell a little bit from time to time. So when I started meal planning, I did snacks, breakfast, lunch, dinner, uh, you know, the snacks after dinner, all that sort of stuff. So I would say that is absolute madness. And if you are considering meal planning at all, it's to whittle it down to just five key dinners. And if you can whittle it down to five key dinners, I would say that you actually end up with enough leftovers. And having done quite a lot of meal planning and meal prepping and eating, obviously, the results of it, you do notice that you are left with this, you know, fridge filled with leftovers yeah. and things that can be kind of transformed for a for a, for a lunchtime that, you know, you pop on some pasta or a rice or quinoa or whatever it might yeah. be, that you can then combine 
whatever leftovers are with or you know and, and then having like jars of uh, tahini yogurt dressing or something like that mm. you can kind of bump it up and make it exciting again but I yeah so I suppose my plan of attack is generally to choose five core core recipes that will see us through the week and I just it comes from a, I suppose some element of anxiety to kind of opening the presses and I'm sure everyone has that moment of like you've come home from busy day work or the last thing you want to do is cook and then you kind of go oh, there's no bloody ingredients I don't even know where to start so I, I, even though I work in food I've found myself in that position pen, yeah. plenty of times and, and I think meal planning has saved a lot of that you know mm. in the sense of being able to kind of just do that little preparation is actually kind of it quells that little bit of anxiety and it quells that kind of or it gives you the opportunity to kind of succeed and I, it's, I always hear that saying of your future self will thank you and I think in this particular situation especially if you love food as as we both do it is that idea of like having the access to the ingredients as as you need them so yeah. I think that's one side of it I mean I, I would always say it's a it, there's a few prongs to my approach and so the meal prepping is one thing and that's the starting point so once you've kind of chosen your five ingre- your five meals and you know what you're going to cook it's the shopping list next and mm. I grew up um, one of the first jobs I ever had was with my aunt who was a food stylist and she taught me how to shop in the supermarket like you should properly shop and so her <laughs> list well well it's actually laid out here perfectly where you see um, you lay it out the way your your supermarket oh, yeah. is laid out so you're I'm going down the first aisle vegetables yes, and fruit right. next aisle over to the butcher oh, counter yeah. or store cupboard ingredients down the centre and stuff that are in the fridge mm. so I always lay it out in those four different sections it saves you darting around the supermarket left mm. and right and keeps uh, keep things quite consistent and very easy yeah. um, so I would say that once you've got your shopping list that's the other side of it and we've laid it out just to show you how I do it um, but then it's the unpacking because I think I I certainly suffer from the idea of like I've finally got myself out of the shops I've done the shopping <laughs> list and geez, I'm exhausted by this stage and then you get in and you kind of like lay on the couch and go oh I'll put them away in a minute but I always say it now because I certainly was uh, I was a victim of that slouch on the couch moment but I would say my best kind of when I put my best foot forward it is that idea of like unpacking with with purpose and taking the ingredients and you know if, if I can fill the sink uh, with cold water bung in what other veg- whatever veggies I have stick them in to give them a qu- quick wash p- prep maybe prep one or two of them mm. like chop some onions do whatever in that moment when you've come in from the shops if you can if you can manage it I'm sure there's people going rolling their eyes but I do try and it, it does help you but know. it's also a nice family moment exactly. if you have got a family that's the bit where all the kids can you know come in and help put stuff away dry goods can go away and recycle all the plastic exactly exactly yeah. and that is the thing you know I think if you have that idea because like the meal plan is great. The shopping list is fantastic. But if you get back to the kitchen and you don't have it laid out, it's another stumbling block. Yeah. And my, you know, I've always said I'm, I'm in service to the home cook. Yeah. I have always been writing recipes for home cooks. So trying to figure out how to make it easier to remove any stumbling blocks that will get you into the kitchen. And I know it sounds, for anyone who, who does cook regularly, this might sound, you know, arbitrary, but it definitely, it, it is these stumbling blocks that prevent most home cooks yeah. from, from getting right. into the kitchen. So really it's all about preparation and so that little moment where you step back into the kitchen and you have a chance to kind of prepare in advance that really makes a difference and I also use that time if I have it um, to prep anything like as I've said you know put on a pot of rice that can be then you know cooked uh, cooked, cooled and then put in the fridge or or pasta that can be made up in advance I actually funny enough um the cacio pepe I mentioned which really should be made you know to to order as as you go but I actually made it uh, with leftover pasta recently and it's a it's a really simple way of yeah. like combining or to reinvigorate sorry looking pasta from yeah. the fridge you know with just a little bit of black peppercorns and butter I, I know that's not authentic but a little bit of butter goes a long way some of that uh, and just a little bit of water and you bring it together in this unctuous spiky peppery sauce that 
envelops this mm. silkily envelops this you know miserable looking pasta to become something completely different and exciting so I think it is that idea of, of whatever leftovers uh, whatever things you can bring uh, to the table and have made in advance that really makes a big difference for any busy family and I mean this is I, I feel like this is my ninth cookbook and I feel like we've kind of honed in on what it is for a home cook to really kind of You've nail it, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like to, I like to think I have but <laughs> I think you know I always find it's really intriguing to get the feedback and you know one of the things that people loved in Meals and Minutes the previous book was that idea of getting ahead in advance and, and looking at uh, your plan of attack to the kitchen so because I think I think one thing most new parents come to the realisation is that it actually becomes a military op- operation <laughs> you know you have to like there's moments where I just I'm like you tear your hair out and you go why did I not just do that little job that would have saved me time and the... so it's definitely that side of things that has has pushed me to kind of writing these sorts of recipes and and over all of, oh, beyond that I would say is that the recipes then kind of are, are supposed helping you along the way so you've done all that kind of groundwork but then the recipes themselves are quite simple you know there's 10 ingredients or less and they shouldn't take you more than 30 yeah. minutes if they do it's fine Let's, yeah. this isn't a competition but the they are designed to be simplistic and they are designed to be still full of flavour and, and still deliver you. Because one thing I find when I get feedback from cooks who are new at it and have gone to the effort of learning, buying the ingredients, learning how to make the recipe, and if you don't have that big boast of flavour at the end mm. of it, it's just a bit miserable, it's a bit boring, and mm. you know it kind of doesn't inspire you to get back into the kitchen and do more. So every recipe in this book, I've tried to eke out as much flavour with, mm. a, you know, there's a, a recipe I cooked this morning um, a very simple chipotle um, bean stew with prawns, and again, it's that little gi- that little jar of chipotle paste, mm. which is this smoky powerhouse. Mm. Not not necessarily spicy, but adds this kind of powerhouse of flavour to a jar or a, ti- uh, a tin of tomatoes, yeah. a tin of beans, and then some fresh prawns. You finish it off with an avocado lime salsa, and it's just booming with yeah. flavour. It's yeah. really exciting. You it know? is that store cupboard, isn't it? It's always been the store cupboard. Yes. But the store cupboard has actually changed. We are much more diverse with our store cupboards now. Well, we wouldn't have been talking about Chipotle paste, I think, no, exactly. <laughs> 10 or 15 years ago. No, absolutely. And it, and I wonder how much you've changed since you've been living over in America. Mm. You've been there, what, four years. Mm-hmm. How much has it changed your cooking on a day-to-day basis? I have to be honest, it's, it's actually more of a... Living there is more of a challenge to my home cooking because we have so many options in terms of food and we, you know we live really close to Thai town we live really close to uh, little Ethiopia Armenian there's an amazing Armenian community very close mm-hmm. to us and it, you go you go east of where we live and you're into the San Gabriel Valley which is some of the most incredible Asian food you, you'll ever come across you know dim sum restaurants and um, some fantastic stuff so I would say it's the biggest challenge moving there has been the biggest challenge because I obviously as a food lover want to constantly you know see what's out there and try new things mm-hmm. um, but I would say in terms of the I think you have to be more mindful of the ingredients you're buying when you're in America because there is, you know, GMOs, there's all this mm. sort of stuff that we're, you know, we obviously have been taught very well in mm. the UK and Ireland how to kind of avoid. And so, you know, um, organic, you just like, it's just basic stuff like that, though. I would be a lot more mindful of, you know, the ingredients I'm buying over there than I certainly would have been back home, you know, where we go down to our local butcher and know that we were getting quality stuff. Um, that's not to say that I think you should still be mindful here <laughs> because I think there's plenty of, you know, bad food stories. But I think from that perspective, you know, when I do cook, I try and cook with the best quality ingredients I can afford and making sure that, you know, we're including the best of stuff in the mm. diet because it does then allow you to go off and have the most amazing Korean
Korean barbecue meal <laughs> if you so wish on a Friday night or something like that. So again, it's balanced. But I would say, you know, I would see Los Angeles as the forefront of quite a lot of food trends. And, you know, as we all know, food trends come and go. And it's it's intriguing to see the ones that last and the ones that kind of keep coming back. And um, what? Oh my goodness. Like adaptogens is probably one of the big things that I see, you know, that you can get these mushroom coffees and there's um, chaga mushroom and lion's mane. So you take these in your coffee and your tea and they, they are meant to amplify your brain function and all these sorts of things. And I have used them and actually, you know, if, well, I, when I was writing the book, I was on mushroom coffee half the bloody time. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's so obsessive about certain things. But, um, but that idea of, you know, of, of kind of stepping into that world of food trends and, and trying to eke out the ones that are actually relevant to to someone who really loves their food it's it's an important thing to do i mean we i, I don't know if you remember the sort uh, you know the sorted food guys who have a youtube channel they um they were over recently and um we were trying some of the the crazy los angeles food trends and we tried some incredible ghee which like a little jar of ghee which had about 75 different ingredients like moringa and you know all these kind of nutrient dense ingredients included in it and it was about 35 dollars or something wow. ridiculous and like so you know that's the sort of stuff where i'm just like no, that's just, just come on. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. You know, you can clarify butter so easily. And, you know, I have Moringa powder, but like, I'm not going to pay $35 for a tiny tub. So it's trying to kind of look to the things that are, I, I think LA is like that in general. Like if you're in, you're, if you're invited to nude yoga, probably don't go. Or, you know, these kind of ridiculous, like goat yoga and these crazy kind of things that, you know, LA allows for. I mean, it's a city of 14 million people, so it allows for, you know, a little bit of madness that can be indulged, which I'm all for. I'm all for. I'm very open. I have seen goat yoga on Facebook, but there may be some people who haven't. Just explain. Goat yoga, basically, you are in your full yoga poses and then a goat walks on your back. I mean... What else would what else would goat yoga be? <laughs> so come on then, what have you seen in LA that you think is the next big thing in British cooking? Oh my goodness, that's an incredibly difficult uh, question to ask. I think it's it's so wide and varying, but I would say there's a there's a two places that I would kind of go to in terms of inspiration for food uh, trends. The first is, uh, it's kind of like the next level Whole Foods. It's called, a place called Erwan. And most of these kind of, you know, food products that kind of take off and you will eventually kind of, will trickle down to, you know, Ireland and the UK tend to come from a place like this where someone's got the great idea based on the fermented hot sauce they saw or the, the kefir that, that is so great for your digestion or something like that. So I would see a lot of things come through a store like that. And then there's, there's really, you know, intriguing restaurants. There's one that I really love over there, which is on the, in Echo Park called Honey High. And they, their menu is quite intriguing because it has that sort of holistic approach. Um, you know, it still has meat on their menus, but it's the best quantity of meat. And of course you pay the nose to eat there, but, um, but it's not too bad, you know, and I think most of the dishes are around like 10 or $15, but you know, it's looking to those sorts of restaurants. They have a really great range of smoothies that are filled with like powerhouse ingredients. And I really enjoy that side of things. And, you know, if you can kind of touch on it, but also kind of come back to real, real hearty home cooking as well, I think that's for me has always been trying to find that balance but I can't pinpoint one specific ingredient that I would see maybe the, the mushroom coffee I think I started seeing making making its way over here so may, maybe that's the next that's the next frontier <laughs> and if you want to buy Donald's book Superfood in Minutes do visit hive.co.uk and use the discount code delicious10 to get your 10% off and don't forget to listen to all the podcast episodes at deliciousmagazine.co.uk slash stories slash podcasts 
be back next week with Bake Off 2018 finalist Kim Joy, who takes me into her inner fantasy world. I'll see you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.